Welcome to The Hum Podcast, Highland University Ministries online space. We seek to be a voice that walks with you through scripture and helps guide you to pray out of scripture. Right now, we are studying through the book of Nehemiah together. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how God's heart looks at different generations in Nehemiah 7, 1 through 73. So open your Bibles and let's get started. Missing the work of God could begin with dismissing the generations who have come before you. So as you come to the podcast today, I'm curious how your heart is treating other different generations right now as we speak. Do you find that your heart is familiar with people who are outside of your age range? Does your heart idolize those who have come before you? Or does your heart write off those who are older than you right now. The world we're currently living in is built by the people who are older than us. God's work is generational work, and God doesn't miss an opportunity to work with different generations side by side. Nehemiah in chapter 7 didn't miss it, and I hope that our hearts don't miss it either. So let's sit back, and if you haven't had a chance, let's read Nehemiah 7, 1 through 73. And trust me, it's exhaustive. So the fourth verse of chapter 7 gives us the entire vibe of where Nehemiah finds himself with the people of God. The city was wide and large, accounts Nehemiah, but the people within it were few and no houses had been built. Fresh walls imply fresh starts for the people Uh, who Nehemiah is leading. The fresh start, many of them are going to adventure, though, isn't just physical, but it's also an emotional relocation. Because the people's hearts have been torn apart, they've been displaced, and they're, quite frankly, skeptical of how this move will go. A decent amount of the recruits don't even have any history that's associated with within the walls of the city. They've grown up without it. So starting fresh means Nehemiah has to find somewhere to start. And where he starts is unexpected. He doesn't start with something new, but with something old. He pulls out a list, an old list, an exhaustive list, if you just read 1 through 73. I mean, goodness, people, it took 73 verses. A list of families who were part of, who were a part of the very mess that started all of this. Nehemiah, to put it simply, doesn't build a new world without the previous generations, but builds a new one with the previous generations. All right, so how did we get there? There is this ice cream sprinkle of a detail found within the list of people that's actually been pointed out as very crucial and intentional in how the passage happens. Before you get lost in all of the 73 verses, in verse 6, it takes time to speak of 12 leaders that represent the regathering of people who are coming back, which it's been pointed before that those 12 are basically the representatives of the OGs. These are the 12 tribes of Israel that are being represented. And on top of that very specific number 
that's given for the leaders. There's also a specific number for those who are gathered, exactly 42,360, which if you do your math, which I'm sure you were able to catch this, is divisible by 12. What are these details even getting at? Well, it's less about historical accuracy and more about historical value of the previous generations. This list in Nehemiah is emphasizing how the generations before them are contributors and also recipients of the blessing that this generation is about to build and gain and receive. In other words, God isn't disregarding the families and lineages that got them into this mess in the first place, but is including them in remaking them through this current generation. This is such a reminder for those of us who are kind of living in the present right now, who are taking the baton from our parents and our grandparents and the world that they've built and the world that we will be building for the small humans that are crawling around on the floor right now. God's work is generational. And the reality is we probably are messing up some part of it as we speak. Just like the generations before us have also messed up things. You personally are probably creating a history for others that they are going to inherit because of your decisions. And although we will try our best to be faithful to God in this life, we are mindful that the lives beyond us will continue the life that God imagines for the world, even if we couldn't quite bring it with God to earth. The good news of God is that God's divine grace, God through generations, is going to build off of our best work and deconstruct our worst work. And imagine this, the best of what you do in this life, every generation will get to witness in the next life of heaven being here on earth. And with this in mind, our hearts must be mindful of the ones who are before us and that are still with us, those who are older, because God isn't done working through them. God is calling them and using them in the same way God is using our generation. And what we must be thoughtful and respectful and inclusive of those who are older than us that are still living with us. Because without them, we're probably missing some ways that God is working. What we do matters, but how we do it and who we do it with matters just as much to God. All right, to wrap up our prayer time, I would encourage you to do something a little bit different with this one. I'd encourage you to go YouTube, look up the song, The Blessing, with Carrie Job. Sit in this song, soak in it, and ponder as the song is going, the people older than you who have created the world that is in front of you right now. May you sing to the words as a blessing to the Lord for their work. May you repent of their feeble attempts and ignorance in the world that they created. And may you also pray a prayer of thanksgiving for those who helped you know the Lord who you are sitting and worshiping with today. With much love, Zane.